0: Mark chapter 11 and verse number 1. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethpage in Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into a village over against you, and as, you, and as soon as ye enter into it, ye shall find a colt tied whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. If any man say unto you, why do ye this, say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door. That's a good place to be yeah. Yeah. By the door. I just seen something right there yeah, uh, By the door. That's a good place to be. Mm, Dusty, work that up, all right? You work it up. I'll preach it. Mm, man, makes me want to stop right there by the door. Without, in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, "What do ye loosing the colt?" And they said unto them, "Even as Jesus had commanded." And they let them go. And they brought the colt to to Jesus and cast their garments on Him and He sat upon Him. Hmm. I just seen something else. This donkey had God on him. We could just go ahead and preach the door. Or we could go ahead and preach had to get God on you. Amen. Yeah. Many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and stro- strove them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things. And now the tide was come. And he went out into Bethany with the twelve. We're talking about Palm Sunday. Yeah, yeah. One week before Easter. Palm Sunday they were praising him. Calling him king of kings and lord of lords. Right. Hosanna yeah. to the highest. Yeah. What a difference seven days makes. Seven days later, crucified. Crucified. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we come to you today thanking you for these wonderful testimonies, dear God. Lord, it's an encouragement to this preacher to know that we're gaining help and gaining strength from the above. Dear God, I need your help this morning. I can't do anything without you. I pray that you'd undergird me, God, with your spirit and your power from above. Lord, loose this tongue, let it go. God, I pray that you'd give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech as I preach your word to these people that are gathered here in your house this morning. In Jesus' name we humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. This amazing passage records the triumphant entry of the Lord Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. It was the very Sunday morning that Jesus fulfilled the ancient prophecy of the prophet Zechariah. Many centuries ago, Zechariah had written these words about the coming Messiah. He says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy King cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And that foal means a young donkey, if you will. And that prophecy that was given centuries ago by Zechariah has now come to fruition. Has now been fulfilled. And the primary emphasis on this passage is the revelation of Jesus Christ to Israel that He is their long-awaited Messiah. And He is their long-awaited King. The common man rejoiced in the appearance of Jesus Christ Himself. But the leaders of Israel rejected Him. And before the next Sabbath day came, Jesus would have been crucified. And Israel would have rejected their true and living King. The teachings in this passage this morning is glorious. While we were reading it, I just began to see things that I haven't seen in that type fashion before. But that's not what we're going to preach on this morning. I want us to focus on one little aspect of the Lord's triumphant entry. I've preached many messages from this scripture, but maybe not in this particular manner, and I'm sure that it has not been. I want to refocus today, if we can, on Christ's relationship with this little donkey. He rode as he entered into that city. That small colt, if you will. But most of us have heard about theology. The study of God. The study of God's Word. Most of us have heard of soteriology. The study of salvation. Most of us have heard about Christology, the study of Christ. And some have heard of eschatology, the study of end time events or the study of end things. Some have heard of ecclesiology, the study of the church. And some of you may have even heard of pneumatology, which is a study of the Holy Spirit of God. Today I want to talk about another ology that doesn't get a lot of attention. You probably won't hear this ology in a textbook. You won't hear this ology uh, from a professor somewhere, but you can find it here in the Word of God. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning on donkeyology. Donkeyology. Now that may seem a little comical to you at the beginning, but I promise you there is some great biblical truths about this donkey. We don't know much about the donkey that Jesus rode that day, but the Bible does reveal about three very important facts that I see here in the Scripture about Him that I'd like to point out to you this morning. With God being our helper, we're going to try to preach to you. Amen. First of all, I see that that donkey had to be redeemed. Now, that don't let that confuse you because we've talked just Wednesday night about animals. And animals not having a soul as a human being would. Well, why does this donkey have to be redeemed? A redeemed means purchased or paid for by another. Well, according to the Word of God, that donkey was only alive and available to the Lord because it had been redeemed by the blood of a lamb. You're going to learn something here this morning. I'm going to read you some scripture in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 13, and you'll know what I'm talking about. You don't have to turn there. You may want to write it down and look at it a little later. You may have never seen this before and I never seen it until I started studying up on this donkey. The scripture tells us in Exodus 13, 13 and every firstling, that's the firstborn, every firstling of an ass thou shall redeem with a lamb. And if thou will not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. What you have, beginning in Exodus chapter 13, starting along with about verse 11, the Bible speaks of the sacrifice of the first. Uh, Throughout that chapter, even earlier in those verses, uh, you can read about what God is requiring the Israelites to do. And basically the Scripture says this, and I'll try to put it in modern day Mill Hill English where we can all understand it because that's the only way I know how to talk. What was to happen was this. The very firstborn of a clean animal was to be sacrificed unto the Lord in thanksgiving. A calf would be born if it was the firstborn to that mother, and if it was a male calf, it had to be sacrificed. If a kid, a goat, a clean animal, was to be born, the first male of that mother that was born in was to be sacrificed and given thanks unto the Lord. And uh, But the scripture here says that a colt or a donkey, there had to be a lamb redeemed for it. And the reason is, is a donkey is an unclean animal. And the firstborn of an unclean animal... Meant that it had to have a sacrifice as well. To thank God uh, for that one being birthed uh, into the family. Yeah. So what did they do with an unclean animal? They didn't sacrifice the unclean. But they sacrificed a lamb. Right, yeah. A pure lamb. Without spot. And without blemish. I was just like that donkey that was birthed into this world. Birthed out of sin into sin. And my friend, listen, lost and on my way to hell without Jesus, I could not be sacrificed for anything. But all thanks be unto God, there was a Lamb. A Lamb of God named Jesus Christ that came along for you and I and was sacrificed for our sins. Listen, let me tell you something. Why would they choose a clean sacrifice? Why would they choose? Why wouldn't they choose? What makes the first animal born clean? Of a lamb. Of a goat. Of a cow. The clean animals. What would make the first calf be clean? To be sacrificed. You and I know, Sister Bradley, as you many of you seen, many of those calves born into this world on that farm. The first one is just... As unclean as the rest of them. It's a bloody looking process. It's a bloody mess. But why did they think that the first born male was clean? Well, it was this. They thought they were clean. How many people in this world do you know today? that think they living right and they lost us a ball in high weeds. I know many of people today, they stand and say that they're saved, uh, they're on the way to heaven, uh, and boy, they cuss like a sailor, uh, uh, drink like a sailor, uh, uh, they do dope, drugs, everything else, uh, and they're just slap out mean. Uh, I'm here to tell you, folks, uh, once you get what I've got, uh, once you get what Brother Joe's got, and what some of you've got, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the darling Lamb of God, uh, as it's birthed into you, uh, and you're reborn a new creature my friend, you'll act different. You'll act different. Amen. The same could be said of us today in our natural state. We are dead in our trespasses and sin. In our natural state, we are the enemies of God. In our natural state, we're given over to the lust of the flesh. In our natural state, we are under the condemnation of Almighty God. In our natural state, we're fit for nothing but the fires and the pits of hell. In our natural state, we were useless to God and separated from Him uh, by a wide gulf of sin. That's our natural state. Right. That may be how the Lord found us, but thank God that ain't how He left us. Yeah. Huh? When, we, when He saved us by His marvelous grace, uh, it changed us completely. Right. He gave us His life, everlasting life, a new life, a heavenly life, an abundant life. He bridged the gulf between us and Him with that old rugged cross. This is the only reason you and I have any usefulness to the Lord today. And praise God for the redeeming power of the Lamb of God that was shed for you and I. Folks, we're saved today. We're cleaned up. Why and how? By the blood. Just so we understand, redemption is not an option for salvation. Right. Yeah. It's a necessity. Yeah. Jesus put it this way to Nicodemus in John 3 7, ye must be born again. Yeah. Yeah. Without the new birth, you're lost in your sin. You'll notice that the Lord didn't say be baptized. He didn't say join the church. He didn't say wear a upside-down, backwards-collar and flip-flops. It's not something that comes to you because you stop committing a sin. It's not something you get by being a better person. Salvation comes when a lost sinner is convicted of their sin. And when they're convicted and they're drawn by the Spirit of God to a place of redemption, they come and repent of their sins. And that's how one is changed. If you've never had an encounter with the grace of God, you're totally unconnected to the family of God. That donkey not only had to be redeemed, that donkey had to be released. Think about it. When Jesus told His disciples here about that little donkey, He told them where they'd find it tied up. They were to go and untie the donkey and bring it to Jesus. Which is exactly, Joe, what they did... A little donkey was bound and it needed to be set free before the Lord could use it. When Jesus found me, when Jesus found you, you were tied up in the bondage of your sin. And my friend, you had to have somebody come along and loose you and let you go from being bound up in what you was in. Thank God I'm free. I'm free. I've been set free by the grace of God today. And thank God for it. Amen. Amen. When Jesus found us, it was just like that little donkey. Before then, before Jesus found us, we had no use. The chains of our sin must have been broken and we had to have been set free. Thank God he did. I don't know if you know it or not, but we're born into the world as slaves to sin. We are children of the devil and his will is what we do. In that condition, you're useless for the Lord. We cannot serve him. We cannot live for him. We cannot bring glory to his name. We are useless in that bound up, tied down condition. I can't get over. I know why Brother Joe gets so excited about that, that song about being set free like a bird out of prison. You know why he gets so excited about that? He remembers what he was and then what God done for him to release him from what he was in. It ought to make us all cut a leg, amen? It ought to make us all uh, put a little step uh, uh, in our walk uh, uh, to where we would understand and know what exactly what we've been delivered from. As that brother was thanking God this morning, listen, it's something to be thankful for with that roof over your head uh, and and food on your table uh, and being released and freed from the bondage of sin and knowing that God done it all for you. Hallelujah. I praise His name. That and just what He does for His saints. He comes where we are and He gives us liberty. He delivers us from the bondage of our sins. He gives us a new desire to follow Him and serve Him. He makes us a new creature. He moves in and He takes up residence in our bodies. He gives us freedom from sin and from self and from Satan. I don't know if the Lord Jesus has ever released you from anything this morning but I know that if He has we ought to be the ones praising under God to Him for what He's released us from and set us free from and us. From uh, Listen, we don't go back and live the ways that we used to live. He's released us. We've got to change life. Now when that donkey came back, he was better than what he was when he left. Think about it. When he left, he was unbroken and untried. When it came home, it was ready for the saddle. <laughs> That's just what the Lord does. Amen. He takes what we give Him and He gives it back and it's far better than it was when we first got it. <laughs> That's what God does for us. Yeah. I promise you, you give Him your old apple and He'll give you back a golden delicious, amen. Yeah. <laughs> give Him an acorn and He'll give you a mighty oak. Yeah. <laughs> Give him an Abram, a lost pagan in the Old Testament. He'll give you back an Abraham, a mighty man of faith. Give him your Jacob, a schemer, a trickster. And he'll give you back an Israel, a prince of God. Give him your Saul of Tarshish, a cruel man. And he'll give you back a Paul, a mighty man of God. Give him your Simon, a weak, uh, facilitating man, uh, and he'll give you back a Peter, a rock for Jesus. Give him your broken, sin-scarred life, and he'll give you back a new start, a new life, and a home in heaven. That's hard to beat. Huh? You see, that donkey has to be redeemed. That donkey had to be released. But thirdly, I see this. That donkey had to be ruled. Right. Ruled. Yeah. R-U-L-E-D. Someone had to take charge over that donkey, Brother Hap. Verse 2 tells us that that donkey had never been broken to ride. Right. It was a wild animal. And That wild little donkey needed a master. Yeah. I believe that's the way a lot of us were. We were wild, uncontrollable, and tied up. And we needed a master. And Jesus came along. It was wild, yet it submitted itself to the Lord Jesus Christ and yielded itself to His control. That donkey wasn't frightened by the crowds or by the noise, it simply surrendered itself. To the Lord totally and completely. (laughs) It was the very fact that this little donkey had never been broken. That Jesus is riding in on is a miracle in itself. Anybody tried to get on a donkey to ride it? Anybody ever tried to get on an unbroken horse to ride it? It doesn't work out too well. But this little donkey had a part in the plan of the master. Of course, Psalms 8, 6, and 8 tells us that he has dominion over this creature. This little donkey surrendered to the Lord's sovereignty and yielded to his authority. That's exactly what he expects of you and I. He's looking for us in total submission and total surrender from our own lives. Let's face the truth. Some people have a real problem with authority. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when God called me to preach, and I was getting to preach in a lot of places, and God was being good to us, and some of the people at the home church thought I was crazy. I came in one day and I told my wife, let's call a realtor. She said, What do you mean call a realtor? I said, We're gonna call a realtor. We're putting this house up for sale. God's called us into the pastorate somewhere. Where are we going? I said, I don't know. Yeah. I had deacons at the home church that told my pastor that I was crazy. Selling my home and not even going to have nowhere to live and nowhere to go. Got a young family. All I can tell you is I know what God told me. Right. I didn't know how God was going to do it. I didn't know how and when God was going to do it. Yeah. But I knew God had called us to pastor people. And I knew that in my heart. And I knew that the time was nigh. And God said, sell your house. Yeah. We put it on the market. How long did it take to sell? It was within three weeks maybe. Three or four weeks. We're getting ready to get nervous. We're getting ready to be nervous because our home, we've done signed a contract on it, and we don't know where we're going. Yeah. But before that home was closed and before the final signatures were made, There were two churches, one in Lancaster, South Carolina, and one in Chesterfield County, South Carolina, both at the same night offered us a job. We prayed about it. We wanted to go to the one in Lancaster so bad we couldn't stand it. But God said, no, get yourself down in the pines in Chesterfield County. And I said, yes, sir, and we went. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is the supreme authority. Right. We have to be obedient to, under that authority, and when we are obedient under that authority, we have to, listen, we had to put self out of the way. Folks, I didn't know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know if God was going to call us down into Mexico to be a missionary or or, or to start a mission work down there and pastor that church. I didn't know if He was going to send us to the jungles of Africa to start a church. I didn't know what God had planned, but I knew God had a plan. I knew He had a plan. I just did not know. You know, we need to yield to authority. Now, I'm thinking on the spiritual realm because you'll yield to that blue light that's trying to pull you over. Uh-huh. But if you try to get some godly advice from a pastor, some people won't turn around and turn look the other way. Right. That is one of my greatest peas. One thing that bothers me and has bothered me for years, and once I say it, 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 it ought to bother me and it should bother you. Somebody will come to you and say, Preacher, I need some advice. I need some help. I'm in trouble. All sit right. down. Let's, let's think about this. Let's pray about this. Let's yeah. look in the Word of God. Let's find the answers. Okay, here it is. This is what you need to do. And they leave my office and go out and do the very opposite.
1: Yeah.
0: What good was that? Yeah. We have to be submissive. Submissive uh, to the authority of God's word, a uh, submissive. Uh, listen, the Bible even says that wives uh, be submissive to the husband. That's the authority figure in the home. Yeah. God forbid, little children try to rule the home. Yeah. Amen. Huh? Oh, I've seen some. I've seen that little red-headed girl down yonder, down in the pines. She'd come up to her mama and daddy. She wasn't but about 10 years old, 9, 8 years old. She'd look at her daddy and she'd say, We are not going to church tonight. That's what she'd tell her mama and daddy.
1: Yeah,
0: That and probably picking herself up off the floor, most of you. And be carried into the house of God anyway. You can't let uh, uh, the authority, that structure of authority, uh, begin to be reversed in your life. A lot of people have real time with authority. There are folks who have a hard time with the idea of someone having authority over them. Uh, Whether it's their parents at home. Hello. No matter how big you get, mom and daddy still rules the roost. And Daddy better rule the roost more than Mama does if you want to do it right.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. I didn't mean to go there, but I did. <laughs> you got a boss at work. Hmm? Now I'm not saying that the husband's to be a dictator. That's not what I'm saying. Right. The husband, Brother Nathan's, to be a leader in the home. And the wife's to be submissive.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I think communication is the number one thing with marriage. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I, if we have a misunderstanding, it's usually because we didn't communicate with one another about what was going on. Yeah. Communication's important. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and talking about it. One preacher used to say, me and my wife ain't never had an argument. We ain't never had a fuss, but you might hear us reasoning things out three miles down the road. Hey, we're all not perfect, isn't that. In that what we're speaking of, huh? Yeah. Whether it's the parents at home or the boss at work or the pastor at the church, they have a hard time with authority. The fact is there's always someone over each of us. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's over us. Amen. Show me someone who is not submissive to a faulty figure God has ordained in their lives, and I'll show you someone who is not submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. You show me someone this morning who refuses to get under those God has placed over them, and I'll show you someone who's probably not even saved. Right. Why is that? Because yielding to the Lordship of Jesus is an essential component to biblical salvation. Acts 16, 31, Romans 10, 9. You can read it later. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. His identity as Savior cannot be... His his identity as Savior to most people, but most people don't want Him as Savior and Lord. Most everybody you talk to wants to go to heaven one day and they want a Savior... Anybody that's got a right mind about them, they want a Savior, but they don't want a Lord that speaks to their heart and tells them what to do. I hope you understand what I'm saying today. If we're saved, He owns us completely. We don't have the right to use any part of our being, whether it is our body, our spirit, or our mind, for our own purposes. We are His and His only. He has the right to tell us How we should live. How does he tell us how to live? Well he's never told me anything. Well the word was with God. And the word was God. It's in his word. It's in his word. So as we look at this donkey here today. We know that it had to be redeemed. We know that it had to be released. But we know it had to be ruled. Similar to you and I today. Now, there may be some here that need to be redeemed. If you need to be redeemed, the Lamb's already been sacrificed for you. Yeah. You need to come get saved. How do you know you've been saved? Well, you got to pray the prayer. you got to mean it. It's got to be a drawing from the Holy Spirit of God. Right. you got to ask Jesus to save you. you got that? got to have that contrition, the contrite heart, if you would. Yeah. Bow before God. Receive Christ as your Savior. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. and Then you've been redeemed. Right. Well, preacher, if I feel that and I do that, how will I know that I'm saved? The same way with that wild colt that got redeemed. After you're redeemed, you'll be different. Amen. Right. Hey, nobody have to put a fork under your rear end to try to get you to come to church. No one will have to leave the presence of where you're at because of your filthy mouth. Jesus cleans it up. If you need to be redeemed, you need to come to Jesus. But there may be some of you here today that need to be released. Sins in the flesh hold you captive. You're to come to Jesus because He specializes in delivering those types. He sets the captive free and releases them. And then there's some of you here that need to be ruled. You need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus in your life. And when you do, you'll have no trouble submitting to the authorities the Lord has placed over you. Right. Folks, I don't know about you, but I see a lot in this donkey. The donkey was placed by the door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. They ain't but one way to heaven. The door. Not many doors. The door. That donkey was redeemed by the lamb because of the door. And after the donkey was redeemed, he was released and he was ruled. He goes walking through Jerusalem (laughs) with God on him. If there's one thing that I want you to see out of this whole message today is this. If we had more people with God on them, we might could be a better soul winner. If we had more people with God on them, maybe we'd be more faithful. Faithful. If we had more people with God on them, maybe we would be a shining light out in this dark and weary land where everybody seems like they don't care about God. My friend, I'm here to tell you, we need to be that light. We need to have some God on us to where we can spread the gospel beyond these walls of this church. I don't know about you, but I just want more God on me today. I want you to stand. Hey, y'all come get that sheltered in the arms of God again, would you? I believe that'd be good. That blessed my heart. Listen. I just want a little more God on me. Some of us could use a whole lot more God. Huh? Huh? Well, how can I get more God on me, preacher? Well, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Yeah. But before you ask, you got to have a heart that's right with God. Yeah. So you got to be saved. And if you're saved, and if you're clean, the Bible says iniquity will come between you and God when you pray. Yeah. Don't let any iniquity be within you. Don't let any iniquity be between you and God. But ask the Lord God Himself to fill you up. Lord, I just want a little more God on me today to where I can be a witness for Thee. If you need redeemed, the Lamb's already been slain. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we come to You today with humble hearts. Thanking you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. God, I pray that they'd come. As they're coming already. Dear God, to just get a little more of you in our lives. A little more of you upon us to where we can do that. Which is what we needs to be done in the kingdom. Lord, we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You come. If you got a need, you come. Just want a little more God today. Just want a little more God. God bless you. He can help you.
1: He can help you. Soon I shall hear the call from heaven's. Soon God's called. gonna call. We're gonna have to stand before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh, my child,
0: it's the light Will He say, "Well done, you, thy good and faithful Christ, servant"?
1: Or will he say, sorry, I never knew.
0: sheltered in the arms of God